What's up, everybody? It's Bo here with another Picard TV Talk. Star Trek Picard TV Talk. So at long last, we finally know what is going on with Jack Crusher. The big cliffhanger from two weeks ago, and then again this week, and then actually at the beginning of this week's episode, when like Beverly opens the door, not Beverly, uh, Deanna opens the door, and then like... You know, she opens it, she sees it, and then she like runs away. How many of us were rolling our eyes thinking like, no, not again. Are they really about to do this to us? But no, no, they didn't do it to us because we got to see what was behind the door. And ladies and gentlemen, behind door number one, the Borg. That's right. Uh, It was exactly who we thought it was. Now, it's been interesting because in the last past week, I have seen a lot of new theories popping up around what could be going on with Jack. And it's kind of disappointing since they gave us so much time to speculate and not answer the question. Speculation began growing and we got kind of what I would call the WandaVision effect, which is because you're kind of stringing it out, which is not a bad thing, but because you're stringing it out and giving people so much time to speculate, you're going to get some ideas thrown around that are, if I may, a lot cooler than what you actually did. Because, look, the Borg was seated out. We got a chance, like, you kind of saw the writing on the wall. I mean, again, the biggest clue in my mind was when, a, you know, a snotty whiplash changeling was up on the bridge with Jack and not Seven was there, Seven Nine, and he's like, oh, or she was like, you know, good that you're here for this. You know, you'll appreciate this Seven of Nine, former Borg person. Uh, you'll especially, it's appropriate that you're here for this big reveal that I'm about to reveal before I don't reveal this because I'm getting thrown out into space. If that wasn't the biggest, like, you know, tip in the bean can, I, I don't know, I don't know what was. But again, they gave us time to speculate. And so this, this concept I saw like floating around, and maybe you did as well, that perhaps what's going on with Jack is related to the Paul Wraiths. I was like, yo, that would be cool. Like that would kind of like match up with uh, Changeling cutting off her arm and that like skull thing coming through. Like what if that was actually the Paul Wraiths that she's actually talking to? Paul Wraiths, by the way, uh, connected to the DS9, connected to the Dominion War. Like they were kind of like the demonic force in this religion on Bajor, which was going on as kind of this whole side plot as it related to the Dominion War. And so how cool would it be if the Paul Wraiths themselves actually joined up with this like fringe faction of the Dominion to be this new threat to the Alpha Quadrant? But that, that'd be pretty epic. I guess we still don't really fully know whose like face she was seeing when she cut off her hand. And, but at the same time, we also never saw the face of the Borg queen in this episode. So I don't know, is, is probably the Borg queen anyway. So Jack's kind of this new form of Borg. It's biological. Uh, you know, as, as we're watching it early on, I'm seeing this, I'm like, ah. the whole situation felt too manufactured to be interesting at first. And then as the episode went on, it started getting really good. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of like on the nose-ness in this episode. Oh, like the assimilation can only happen if you're 27 years or younger, right? We're literally getting a generational divide of kind of the, the older folks, the boomers versus Gen Z. That's literally what we're seeing play out in this episode. And look at Gen Z. Look at Gen Z all assimilating together, not wanting any kind of like individuality, not wanting anybody to to argue with them or, or reason with them. They all must assimilate because it's futile to do so otherwise. A little on the nose, is it not? That being said, it kind of works because a lot of what Picard has been, even over the series as a whole, is a lot of on the noseness in kind of a classic Western style of like the old guys show up and they're the heroes and they know what to do. And everybody kind of pseudo respects that. 
which is not what actually happens in real life, but it happens in Westerns and it's happening here in Star Trek. And that's kind of the concept that they're playing around with. So yeah, despite all that, as the episode kept on going, it kept on kind of winning me over. The concept of this kind of genetic code being put into everybody that was using the transporter so that it kind of allowed for this biological collective assimilation was fantastic. It makes sense that this would be kind of the next way a desperate Borg would go out for revenge. Now, revenge seems very personal as opposed to, you know, what the Borg have been, except we've seen over the years the Queen having this more individualistic, emotional type of, you know, moves that are going on as it relates to especially Starfleet and Picard in particular. Now, I know that there was a lot with the Borg Queen in like season two. And to be honest, I don't even remember what happened in season two. It was so boring and weird. And so I don't even know if this is like the same Borg Queen or because of time travel, mirror universe shenanigans. It's not. I have no clue. It's uh, eh. suffice to say, though, it does appear that she is wanting a new Borg King. And that does seem to be what Vox, AKA Jack Crusher is to her. She wants him to kind of be the successor who is going to be the voice of the Borg and be kind of this next generation of Borg assimilation. Kind of cool. I, I mean, like, I know it, it, it's kind of cool. I mean, less, less visually cool if we're being totally honest, because you don't have all like the robot cyborg stuff and everybody just has all veiny and their eyes go black. But, you know, I mean, fine. I do miss the cybernetics. I'm not going to lie. I miss the cybernetics. Anyway, they're going around. Uh, they've got the fleet. They're all under control. The Dominions, uh, you know, this kind of terrorist group has done what they apparently set out to do, which is to get revenge on Starfleet by bringing this, you know, next gen Borg virus-esque, you know, assimilation directly to earth and it has happened. And we are seeing now that our old school crew, the unaffected old are out here. It's like, it's like reverse coronavirus. Sorry. I'm sorry. It's not funny. It is not funny, but it is, it is interesting, right? Because this is almost like a, like a, like a little bit of like an elderly fantasy, right? Of like, oh, this virus that only impacts like that. It's so much worse for Gen Z and like the boomers are totally immune. I'm, I'm sorry. It just, it's a little on the nose. Anyway, so point is, they're, they're <laughs> so point is they, they, they need a ship. They need a ship that's not been into this old, you know, this whole new system. What does Jordy do? He's like, oh, hey, y'all remember how I have an entire museum of old ships? Guess what? I got our old ship. And it's the one that y'all remember from the TV show. And how do you know? Because the lights go on all the way and we got carpets again. So ba-boom, he takes them right into that old ship. And what I love about this, I had the Enterprise E-D, E, one of the Enterprises from the television show. They bring him on this ship. And what's great about this is that when they, when they step onto the bridge and they turn on the lights, the way in which everything powers up I thought was such a great way to transition from kind of the modern aesthetic of like the darker bridges and the bridge crews and everything into what was the classic bright lights and kind of retro look to everything. It was kind of this slow fade in and it kind of brought you into the moment. And now we're going to see that old shit going up against all this like new fleet with this new tech and everything. The new hotness is going to have to go with the old classic and it's going to go. It's going to be great. I think it's going to be great. Cry fan service all you want. I'm not that big of a fan and I loved it. So there it is. So that's my thoughts on uh, Star Trek Picard. Looking forward to seeing what's going to happen next week. Let me know your thoughts as well. You can head over to tvtalk.fm. Uh, you can leave a review for this show. You can also uh, head over to the Twitters. Use the hashtag Picard TV Talk. Let me know your thoughts that way. That's going to do it for us for this week. But don't worry. I'll be back in a flash. Hey.